This podcast contains frank discussions about sex, kink, and BDSM. If you're a consenting adult who wants to learn more about these topics, then stay tuned. You're listening to Chief from kinkyevents.co.uk, helping you create the dom sub dynamic you've always fantasized about. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Conversations with a Submissive. I'm Wano, and today I am not joined by Chief because I'm going to be speaking with you one-on-one about a subject that is very near and dear to my heart, and that would be anxiety. Not that I particularly enjoy anxiety, but it is something that I deal with, and it affects my sex life, it affects my uh, social life, it affects my interpersonal relations, and it's something that I think a lot of people would like to know how to deal with when you are trying to get on to the BDSM scene or trying to enjoy your time with your partner in a DS dynamic and to just know how it's going to affect that whole overall thing that we call life. Unfortunately, I cannot help you with that because I'm not a therapist. I've not been trained as a mental health professional of any kind, and nor do I really have the desire because I feel like I'm always so much in my head already as it is that just delving into other people's heads would just make me worry more about my own. But that aside, because that's totally not relevant, I've had several people ask me if I could please do a podcast episode about anxiety and mental health and BDSM and how they interact. I have so far been very hesitant to agree to that because I'm worried about how I'm going to do justice to a subject that is so difficult and so nuanced and so important to so many people. And also because it does touch on mental health, which is something that I think is really important to be discussed in a therapy setting or in a medical setting. Unfortunately, I know that that is also quite the privilege and a lot of people don't have access to mental health support including me I've had very little access to it growing up and it was definitely a factor that I had to think about when I started getting into BDSM and kink and dating just because it can be tough out there it can be tough when you have anxiety and you're trying to navigate the world without falling to pieces and without having panic attacks and especially throw in a pandemic or throw in moving continents or cultures, moving away from home and see how that turns out. Basically, it's not always fun, but I think there are things that I've learned about myself over the years that have been helpful to my own growth as a person. It's helped my anxiety be reduced, but then there are certain things that has then heightened my anxiety. So I am not saying that BDSM is a cure to anxiety. Do I think that it can help those who have anxiety or other mental health issues? Yes, perhaps, but only in a way that any other sort of healthy practice would help. And if you go about it in an unhealthy way, then obviously it's going to have negative consequences as well. So I do not think that BDSM is an effective strategy to try to overcome any sort of mental health issue that you may have. I think that 
it can be an appropriate coping mechanism for some, and I think it can also be an inappropriate coping mechanism for some, and I think there's a lot of nuance and gray area in between. Anyway, I thought that I would take this time to discuss with you a couple of things. I'd like to cover how kink has helped my anxiety, how it has also hurt my anxiety levels. Also, I'd like to discuss in this podcast how my anxiety levels have evolved over time as I've been on this kinky, sexy journey. As well, I'd like to discuss some triggers that I find that make my anxiety worse or flare up and some limitations that anxiety puts on my own kinky fun. I'm going to use BDSM and kink and DS kind of interchangeably, but it starts getting a bit funky when you start thinking about the scene versus just dating and having a sexual intimate relationship with someone. And I think that anxiety for me crops up differently in those sorts of spaces. It just so happens that a lot of the time for me, those spaces are enmeshed together in a way that makes it quite the juggling act and trying to figure out is this anxiety thing happening because I'm having general anxiety about my attachment style and about my place in the world and about my relationship or is this anxiety happening because I'm exploring a side of myself that I've been conditioned to for various reasons, feel ashamed of or guilty for, etc, etc. So the first point, besides obviously the importance I think that people with anxiety try to seek help, and that may be from a mental health professional, perhaps that's from a medical doctor, or a support system, I think that's very important. So know that I'm not any sort of professional speaking to you. This is just me talking about my own personal experience and... Perhaps you will find some sort of similarities or you will be able to relate to it. If you don't relate to it, maybe this can be a learning opportunity for you to think about how others might be feeling in certain spaces or certain scenarios. And perhaps that's something to take into consideration when you are approaching someone else in this space. So the first thing I'd like to speak about is how kink has potentially helped my anxiety. I've had a couple of people ask me to address how BDSM has helped my anxiety. And I do think it has, kind of. It's tricky to think about how it has, though I feel that it has. And it's not something that I think is easy to pinpoint and be like, oh yes, in this specific instance, my BDSM exploration has specifically helped my anxiety disorder. I don't think it's that clear cut, but I think it's related to my own personal growth as an individual and that obviously as I have grown into myself as an adult and as I have grown in my relationships and as I've grown into the sexual being that I am and that I'm exploring, I think that the natural tendency I have of introspection and of self-reflection has been very beneficial to then secondary treat my anxiety a little bit because I'm always so much in my head that I end up 
kind of analyzing and picking apart all of the different experiences I have in my DS relationship and in kinky scenarios. And I look at these after the fact or sometimes during the fact, and I can see how I'm reacting to certain stimuli or how I'm responding to certain communication styles. And over time, I've noticed a shift where I feel more secure in myself when I'm approaching these different circumstances. And that security that I feel that sort of self-confidence, it's not really confidence, but I just feel a little bit more secure in myself as a person when I am in these spaces now. And I think a large part of that has been just me thinking about myself as a submissive and having to do that inner work and that shadow work and inner child work and seeing where do my triggers come from? Where do my traumas come from? Traumas with little T, trauma with big T, it doesn't really matter. What makes me tick in these sorts of scenarios? And I'm always asking those sorts of questions to myself. And it just so happens that a lot of the time I'm asking these questions in kink spaces. And so BDSM has helped reduce my anxiety as I've grown as an individual. But it's more over time, less as a tool, I would say. However, that said, I'm literally about to put a caveat on my own words. I think that my DS dynamic with Chief has also been very helpful to my anxiety levels just because I find submission to be quite a good way to relax, to bring down my anxious thoughts, to kind of settle the little nervous goings on that I have in my head all the time. Thank you, ADHD. I've recently been diagnosed and I've just recently started medication. So we'll see how that goes. But like all these little crazy thoughts that I have all the time that are pinging about my head, all these worries and concerns and safety precautions and catastrophizations and all these massive calamities that I'm, that I make in my, in my mind of what's going on, what's going to happen, how is this going to affect me and the future, the massive big flashing lights of the future, all these thoughts that I have that are constantly pinging in my head. When I'm in a submissive mindset, they quiet, they, they lessen, they, they slow down, not to nil, not to nothing, but they become more manageable as I'm brought more into an awareness of my body and how I'm feeling. And often times that's through a scene that I may do, be doing with Chief. But it can be something as simple as me kneeling at his feet while we're watching something on television. Just in that space, like maybe he starts stroking my hair or whatever, as I can feel my submissive side come out I can feel my anxious thoughts subside a little bit and it's really calming and it's really nice and really pleasant and it's something that I really appreciate within our dynamic so I think 
having that sort of self-awareness of what's going on and about how I can get super anxious in my head, having that come inwards <laughs> and like settle within me when I'm in a submissive mindset, that really helps my anxiety overall. And I've started to try to take those same sort of calm, protected, cared for feelings that I get when I am in that submissive mode. I've started to try to carry that with me in my day-to-day -day life as I'm out and about. And if things start to get a little bit overwhelming out in public, sometimes I try to recollect that sensation or that feeling that I have of just being settled in my submission. And if I can pull myself back into that body space and that brain-body connection that I get in a submissive mindset, then that can really help when I'm feeling anxious out and about in crowds or in public spaces or at home at three in the morning when I've woken up just terrified with anxiety about who knows what, whatever the the anxious trigger of the day was that day. So I think that is how BDSM has helped my anxiety overall. Additionally, I think a massive help to my anxiety has been having such an amazing support system through the wonderful community that Chief and I have gathered around us on our Discord and with some other kinky friends and just having people that I can speak with openly about how I may be feeling and the sexual desires that I have and normalizing all these funny things that we do that most people don't consider on the day-to-day, -day, like how many spanks you're going to get as punishment for, you know, grabbing your partner's bum as you were running up the stairs. Having a space where that feels like it's not something that's going to be judged is really reassuring to me. And so I'm very, very grateful for the community that we have where we can just discuss these things and, and it's okay and it's just accepted as part of who we are and also like a part that we really adore and that we really enjoy exploring. I'm quite the curious creature and I think that kink just hits all those buttons for me about like what is it about myself that makes me tick and why do I act this way? So like all those little anxious thoughts that I have sometimes about my own space in reality and how I'm responding to different stimuli in reality in a kinky setting I'm able to turn it into like a little scientific curiosity that I have about myself that feels interesting to explore and fun to explore and all of a sudden I can start really experimenting with sensation with communication with arousal and I can turn my submissive self in my dynamic, I can turn it into this little human experiment of my own making that feels like it's in a controlled setting, a setting that is safe and one where I'm allowed to kind of, you know, push, test a couple boundaries that I have and see what happens and know that I'll be brought back to equilibrium afterwards 
with the support and guidance and assurance of my dominant, as well as with the encouragement and support and love of the community around me. So yeah, I guess that's how I think that kink has actually helped my anxiety. Notice that I didn't really say any specifics and it's because I can't think of specific things or specific scenarios where I could use some tool that I learned in some scene and use it as an immediate coping mechanism to an anxiety attack that I'm having on the bus or whatever. But there is a general sensation that how I've grown within myself in the kinky setting, how that has helped my anxiety overall. And I think it goes beyond just growing as an individual that we all do as adults, hopefully. Anyways, I think there is a specific link that I've I've tied this growth to my sort of kinky explorations and sexual explorations in a way that feels very wholesome and redemptive and rewarding and like I'm undoing some wrongs of social conditioning or things like that. I definitely have quite the the unique upbringing in terms of a, like a, a sexual education with my religious background. And so I've had to do a lot of unpicking and unpacking and repurposing. And kink has been how I'm able to explore this side of myself without getting that sort of shame and guilt message too much within my body but it's not all good I also think that kink has the potential of making anxiety worse I see this specifically in interactions with others in like play party scenarios so I have anxiety attacks and unfortunately if you want to be part of the kink world or the BDSM space the scene, as one might say, oftentimes it requires going to parties and socializing at munches, which are just, you know, casual gatherings where doms and subs and all sorts of people who label themselves as kinksters or people who are into BDSM or whatever label you want to put on it. People like to gather and socialize. We're all social creatures. And that is true as well in the kink community. Unfortunately, those are the sorts of spaces that really get my anxiety going and like really, really, really going. <laughs> and it's not something that I have had much success in overcoming in the years that I've been on the scene. Chief and I have been in a dynamic for about three and a half years now. And in that time frame, I can say that my anxiety has lessened somewhat in play spaces overall throughout these past three years, but uh, it has not disappeared and it does crop up sometimes and it feels just as severe as the first time. So I think that's a huge limitation of BDSM for anyone who has anxiety or mental health issues is that these sorts of social interactions can certainly be triggering and not helpful to your mental well-being. Play parties specifically are something that I find really, really challenging. And there's a multitude of reasons why it's like the perfect cocktail of an anxiety attack. Oftentimes these places are 
poorly lit. There's loud music going on. No comfortable seating. No food or snacks that may help soothe you or if you're feeling tummy rumbles. You have no idea where the loo is and everyone's speaking really loudly. It's dark. There are flashing lights. It's a crowd full of people. You may not know these people. Everyone's in these crazy costumes and so you're feeling awed by everything going on around you but also it's like it's so much overstimulation that it just freaks you out and I do not fault any of these spaces for being the perfect chemical cocktail for an anxiety attack but I think that there are perhaps things that could be done to lessen that such as having little areas where you can decompress, calm down, receive some aftercare uh, in a space that feels not completely overwhelming to the senses. But even if the party is well lit and the music is quiet and the people are nice and you know all the people around you and they're all super welcoming and everyone's just having a good time, There are still factors to these parties that make them really challenging if you have anxiety. Oftentimes they start late and they end even later. And that is not good for someone like me. I feel more anxious the later into the night it gets. And I also start feeling quite physically unwell if I try to stay up past an acceptable time which for me would be like 11 p.m that's my official bedtime that is set during the weekdays so that I can function the next day and all these parties are usually starting at 8 p.m and then going until three in the morning later I don't know it's ridiculous basically it's all for night owls I don't know how anyone has the energy anyways especially if you're an introvert but then if you have any sort of issue with your body betraying you because you have any sort of health condition that makes endurance a difficult thing, then a play space is a challenge and not something that is easily overcome. And so then it will trigger my anxiety because I'm already worried that I'm starting to feel unwell and then I do start feeling unwell and then I feel even more anxious and then pretty soon I've got a full-blown panic attack and I have to leave the area, I have to leave the party, I have to go to the toilet and be sick. I get horrible gastrointestinal symptoms when I have an anxiety attack, not just vomiting. It's pretty horrendous and it's completely debilitating sometimes. And I feel ashamed by it not like not in concept you know like I, I I accept that I have anxiety and that it's something that I struggle with and I don't generally have an issue with me having anxiety more than it just being like a nuance and a quirk and something that I have to deal with but when I go to a space where I want to socialize with other people on the scene I want to make friends I want to talk to people that I know And all of a sudden I start feeling ill or I start feeling like I have an attack coming on. It makes me feel embarrassed like that all of a sudden people have to start being concerned for me 
or I have to excuse myself from the fun and they may think that I'm just not enjoying myself. Oftentimes by that point, I'm not because I'm wrapped up in my own head and what my own body is doing. And so I start worrying about how I'm, you know, I'm, I'm becoming, I'm becoming a, not an inconvenience. What's the word? I'm becoming a hassle to deal with and I'm kind of spoiling the fun and that's not a great feeling. And even though I know that's totally in my head that people are super considerate and they don't think that, it doesn't help the anxious thoughts that are thinking that anyways. And as well, on top of that, play parties are really fucking expensive. A lot of them. Some of them are accessible, but I, I don't make loads of money in life. And so any party more than 15 pounds, I mean, I, I consider that a, a, a fair amount of money to be going to a party, even if it is something that is like a reasonable price for a night out on the town in London. It still feels really awful when I have to leave a party early. And I mean, there's that ticket wasted, especially, you know, if Chief has bought my ticket, then I feel upset that he's he's wasted money on me. And of course, of course, once again, I can't make it one hour before having to leave because my anxiety is kicking up. So I find some bits of the BDSM world really inaccessible with anxiety because so much of it is centered around these social parties that, you know, are just terrible for my anxiety. I've tried over time to come up with coping strategies to try to keep myself calm in these spaces. And I've tried, you know, exposure therapy. I've tried to go to them and have no expectations and just realize that it's okay if I feel a little bit of anxiety, I can leave at any time and it will be fine and no one's going to bother. And even when I don't think I'm going to have anxiety and even when I really, really want to be there, sometimes I'll still, I'll still just have an anxiety attack or have, have a panic attack and I'll have to leave. And it always makes me feel really miserable after. Also, it takes a long, lot of time to recover from. I'm talking like at least, at least one or two days where I can feel like my body has recovered from the attack. So like that's exhausting and it's no fun and it's a big bummer. And I'm not trying to discourage people who have anxiety from going to events and trying to make friends. But I think it's something that you have to be aware of and you have to be aware of your own limits. And even if you know your limitations of your body and of your mental space, that you can still be triggered, that you can still have anxiety attacks and it can still just kind of suck sometimes. And it's something that you're going to have to deal with. Now, because I know that this is something that I have to deal with, I have tried some coping strategies to keep me feeling as calm as possible going into these sorts of social events. One thing, one tip that I can give you, that like one tip of this entire podcast that I could possibly give you is to bring things with you that you know will ease your anxiety or that will ease your mental health conditions or any sort of physical ailments that you may have to have that with you when you go to these spaces. 
I have this little kit that I call my worry kit. And I, I think the name's funny. <laughs> it's my, my little bag of worries. I take it everywhere. I take it with me to work. I have it in my purse all the time. Sometimes I add more bits to it, but it's just this little pouch that I have. And in this little pouch, I have basically everything that I can possibly fit in there while being in a small little pouch that I think might help if I start feeling physically unwell. I have glucose gel, dextrose tablets, various types of hard candies, ginger, little chews, peppermint things to suck on if my stomach starts feeling off. I have paracetamol. I have little sachets of electrolyte mix. I also have a little cheeky sachet of instant coffee just in case I think that maybe, maybe a coffee will do me well. I've yet to use that coffee, but it's nice to know that wherever I go in the world, I have a little sachet of instant coffee just in case I really need a cup. I also have this little pack of bandages and safety pins and a little tiny eensy weensy little pair of scissors that Chief and I actually used on one of our recent holidays. For the first time, I was able to use this little pair of scissors that has a blade about one centimeter long and it was adorable and it worked a charm. So I'm very, very pleased I grabbed those. Anyway, but this kit is really useful and I take it with me and I do use it. I replenish it when things are used up. I try to always keep it stocked up with all the things that I think that I'll need. And just having it with me sometimes is enough to ease, ease my anxiety when I start feeling a little bit anxious and in these spaces. And I can be like, okay, I'll just go and get myself a little piece of candy in the kit and I'll suck on it and I'll just sit down and I'll just bring myself down to baseline. So I'm, I think that everyone should take one of these. If, if you do think, if you do get anxious in situations, have a little kit of things that you can have on hand that are, that you know will help you. Uh, something salty, something sweet, some sort of drink mix and plasters. Who doesn't need a plaster? Because there's nothing worse than a blister. And that's not even for anxiety. That's just a general life tip. Always have some plasters in your purse. Oh, I also have tampons in there. Hey, what would make you more anxious at a party than all of a sudden realizing that like, oh shit, I don't have a tampon and I need one. Not fun. So I have some tampons in there. I also keep some wet wipes because you never know. You never know when you need a wet wipe. It's good to, it's good to have. So that's my worry kit. Another thing that, that I do is I try to have like a little juice box with me and a little sleeve of crackers and maybe like a protein bar or something. Notice that all, all these are food related items. And that is for the reason that my anxiety is interlinked with hypoglycemia, which I also have. And so I need to be able to bring my blood sugar up if I feel like I'm crashing. And it's, that's why like a play party is like doubly stressful for me because not only is it a space where my anxiety is going to be high, but these play parties that are happening on a evening where I've just come back from work and I've had a long day on my feet and then it starts late and it ends well past midnight. That's a lot for my body to go through. And oftentimes, uh, if I do have a hypo crash, 
it's going to be happening in the evening or at night. And so if I start feeling a hypo coming on, that then triggers my anxiety because hypos absolutely freak me out. And so it's this horrible, vicious cycle. Anyways, I don't wish it on anyone and I haven't found a solution. And I've tried exposure therapy. It doesn't really help. Sometimes I can go to a party and I'm okay and I just have to leave early. I just need to know that my limit is 11 p.m. Maybe, maybe midnight. Most of the time, I don't make it that far without being sick and having to go home early. It's not like I'm always going out to parties because I'm not a huge party person as it is. I am introverted. I like my own space. I don't find parties particularly fun <laughs> in certain instances, even though maybe I want to because I want to fit in a little bit. But it's stressful and it just makes my anxiety worse. So there you go. I've talked about that for way too long, but that's my thoughts on all things play party. Not very positive. I will say that some parties are starting to, to change and shift and be a little bit more aware about how people may be feeling overstimulated or overwhelmed in the space. And good parties are starting to make specific areas for aftercare or to decompress and I applaud those kinky spaces. I think we need more spaces like that who are being very proactive about making sure that we manage people's mental well-being in the space in order to ensure that the kinky fun stays fun. Yeah, there's that. The next thing I wanted to touch on is how my anxiety has progressed over time. And this is where it gets a little bit funny because I started being interested in BDSM and kink before I ever started dating anyone. And so when I started dating, I had the same sort of awful things that happened to be at play parties happen during dates. I would get anxiety attacks. I would have a hypo. It was not pleasant. It was not fun. And it was really, 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 really awful for the first like year and a half of me actively trying to find a dominant partner to date in a whole big slew of online dating extravaganza that I was doing as a new liberated woman with a little bit of time and wanting a partner. So yeah, anxiety attacks can happen when dating and it's not pleasant. And sometimes you have to kind of apologize to whoever it is that you're on a date with, excuse yourself, go home early. I kind of just got used to having to ditch my dates early to go and have a massive anxiety attack. And that's not something that I recommend anyone listening to this to repeat. I think that it's important to see the issue early and to try to get help for it early on. If you can't receive mental health support, then I think sometimes you need to take a pause and take care of your own well-being first before you continue to just cause yourself more mental anguish. Anyway, but I have seen that over time, like as I was dating more, I was experiencing that a little bit less. But even when Chief and I started seeing each other. At the beginning, I was still getting sick quite a lot. And thank goodness he's such a patient person because for a large part of the first six months to one year together, I was still having frequent 
bouts of anxiety and hypos when I was with him. And so I'd have to go and spend some time alone in the toilet or he would have to help me as I was recovering from being sick and getting me all sorts of like beverages in front of me so that I could choose which one was going to settle my stomach in that moment because I'm also emetophobic and being nauseated freaks me out and sends me into panic mode. And so then I think that the world is ending. Anyway, so having an, an assortment of beverages that I can choose to drink from to try to see which one is going to fix my stomach in that moment is really helpful. And Chief has been very patient with me as I have gone through these anxious moments and just knowing that he's there and that he's going to reassure me that he doesn't mind, that I can take my time and that we can stop whatever it is that we're doing. We can just go and sit on the sofa. That's been really helpful. And these attacks often aren't even when we're doing anything particularly kinky or arduous. They can just happen just from the teensiest trigger. And I oftentimes don't even know what the trigger is. I'm totally getting off of the subject. But Basically, I think my anxiety has lessened over time, but I think a large part of that is that I've, I'm more aware of what my triggers are now. I'm more aware of how my body starts to feel when I'm getting an attack. And so then I'm able to recognize that earlier on. And oftentimes I'm able to treat it before it gets to the point where I have a full-blown anxiety attack, but not all the time. I literally just went to a workshop the other evening with Chief and with some of our lovely community members. And I ended up having to go home early and just say goodbye to them. Because even though I wasn't feeling like I wanted to leave, I wanted to stay there. I was having fun. It was an educational space. It wasn't anything that was like extreme in terms of physicality. I could tell that I hadn't had enough to eat that day that I was about to have a hypo crash and I wanted to do that in the comfort of my own bedroom instead of trying to be at this strange public space and be in the toilet and be freaking out because I don't have the things that comfort me and soothe me around me, like having, you know, soft cushions and a blanket and a pillow and my little stuffed hippo called Hugo. Anyway, so it happens less and I'm grateful for that. And Chief has also been a super big support in that way. And so I do appreciate him for that. And I also think that it's important for people with anxiety to know that a lot of the times the people who you are with and your partners, they don't care that you're having like an attack. They're not, they're not going to be upset that you're ruining the fun. They're just going to be concerned for you. And it's nice when they make that clear because otherwise we get in our heads, heads about it. But just know that people people care about you and they care about your well-being. And oftentimes they will go well out of their way to make sure that you're feeling okay. So if you ever are feeling like super anxious in a space, go and find someone that you can speak to and be like, hey, I'm not feeling okay. Can we can we go somewhere quiet and sit for a little bit until I'm feeling better? Or hey, I'm going to be leaving, but just to let you know, I had lots of fun and let's go get a coffee sometime another day when I'm feeling a little bit more in my own head. There you go. That's my, that's my experience with anxiety. Is this something that other people can relate to? Hopefully, otherwise this was a waste of a podcast, but I do think that it's important to know that you never know what people are dealing with and mental health is a topic of interest 
for many people because we have loved ones who are dealing with mental health challenges or we are facing them ourselves. And I think that's important to remember when you're going about your life and also on the scene that sometimes people may need a little bit of time to regulate themselves and a little bit of care and a little bit of grace. And if you can be that person who is supportive in that moment, then that is brilliant and you will be so appreciated. I think so many instances where I've been at a party or I've been somewhere and I've started to feel anxious and I remember the people who helped me in those moments or who were concerned about me and were wanting to make sure that I was okay and did everything in their power that they that they thought would help. And I appreciate all of them. And I also appreciate having a support system on our community where I can speak about this sort of thing to everyone. It's something that I think is worth speaking about. And I don't think mental health issues are something to be ashamed of having. So many people have them nowadays. It's, it would be a little bit silly to, to judge people for their own issues. We all have issues. And I think what's so lovely about being in the BDSM community is that By and large, everyone I've spoken with has always been very supportive and very wholesome and very loving. And it's amazing to see so much care in such such a crazy sort of alternative space that you maybe wouldn't suspect. It's not all dark dungeons and chains and whips. A lot of the time, BDSM is uh, cat memes on a Discord server that brightens someone's day and makes you spit out your coffee as you're laughing about someone's crazy antics that they were doing the other night and with, you know, three dildos and a vibrator and a feather whip and, you know, it's it's a lot of fun. So I'm very appreciative to the people who make these spaces safe and comfortable and welcoming, especially to those of us who may need a little bit more help and support in that way. With that, I think I'm going to leave this podcast here. Thank you for listening to my rambling. I hope it at least resonated with you a little bit. And if not, fair enough. We don't all relate to each other for various reasons, and that's perfectly okay. So thank you for listening to my journey with anxiety and BDSM. Hopefully it was educational and at least you know a little bit more about me. I'm happy to share my story in the hopes that it will resonate with even just one person. Then I think that would make me consider this podcast a success and a thumbs up. So if you want to hear more about my wonderful self, you can find me on our Discord community where I engage regularly with the members on there. And we have all sorts of crazy, wonderful conversations. And we do often talk about our own struggles and our own challenges and our mental health. And we are all very supportive on there. We like to show that support and show up for our fellow members. And it's a beautiful little community. So please do find that community on discord and you can join by going to kinkyevents.co.uk and search for the community there should be a little pop-up somewhere that says join the community up in the navigation bar and you just have to go through a quick little verification process and then you can enter into that space i hope to see you there and otherwise i hope to see you perhaps at a social engagement somewhere happening in london or elsewhere in the world on this kinky planet 
I probably won't stay for very long, but we can at least chat real quickly and wave and say hi. So until your next regularly scheduled Conversations with the Dom podcast, this is Mono saying lots of love and cuddles. Until next time, bye. You're listening to Chief from kinkyevents.co.uk, helping you create the Dom's Hub dynamic you've always fantasized about. 